Hey guys, I'm Brad Montgomery and welcome to The Breakdown. And here we talk about science, psychology, and investing. Today, we're going to be talking about the hot summer of 2023 and what we can expect as we move forward. Before we get started, if you missed any of our episodes, you can always go to kfoxtv.com forward slash the hyphen breakdown. Now, let's break it down. And I heard Jason Laney, WCM, Morning Coordination Meteorologist. There we go. And we're talking about the summer of 2023. And we're going to be talking about a lot of, of stuff here because I, I want to give people a really good idea of just how hot 2023 was. And you guys put together some great output mm -hmm. on just how hot 2023 was. And, and I don't know if maybe you guys were a little surprised. I think one thing I think that helped tip it in that direction just really quickly off the top that caught my attention on 2023 where we had several nights where the morning lows were just very warm mm -hmm. for our yeah. area i mean well into the 80s i mean it was it was yeah well as a matter of fact those were records too you know we always talk about record high temperatures oh it got so hot it's hotter than it's ever been but we set almost as many record high temperatures for lows. I know it doesn't make a lot yeah. of sense, but say normally you get down to 60 and we only went to 80 for a low temperature. That's the warmest it's ever been overnight. Yeah. And we set as many warm temperature records overnight as we did during the afternoons this summer. And that that that's what amazes me. And and there were some situations where it kind of was the perfect setup. You know, mm -hmm. it, was, it was some clouds had rolled in or some clouds mm -hmm. had developed, but still, I mean, that, that, just, that just blew my mind. So we're looking at 2023 being the hottest now. And and just really quickly, and we were talking about this just before we started, what are some of the, the ways that was measured, some of the metrics that that's going off of? Well, obviously, we take surface observations. We have several locations, and it's not just at the airport anymore. We have observations from co-op observers. We have private citizens that have data out there. But data is taken worldwide. So it's not just the stuff coming from our backyards here in, in El Paso County. It's nationwide, it's worldwide. And then we've got a vast area of the ocean that has to be covered, but through the shipping lanes, the marine industry, all the buoys that are out there. Actually, NOAA pulls all of this stuff together every year and analyzes it. Now, there are going to be some data gaps out mm -hmm. there, so they try to interpolate where the gaps would be and also try to remove some of the typical hot spots or urban heat islands there. So we don't come up with an absolute specific number. Mm -hmm. What we come up with is a departure from normal or what we call an anomaly, something that's out of the ordinary. Been doing that for 80, 90 years now. And now we put it all together and we see that 2023, no matter where you were around the globe, kind of shot right to the top of the list. And, you know, and that actually bridges perfectly with what I want to talk about next. You know, did El Nino play a factor into that? And I remember going into 2023, some of the speculation was, well, was El Nino going to be, was it, was it going to have been going on long enough? Was it going to be going on enough you know, have, to have an impact on 2023? That was some of the, the speculation going right. in. And I remember, and, and there really was a lot of kind of crosstalk on that, if you will. And I remember going in, I mean, February was, was chilly. March was, you yeah. know, even April and May, mm -hmm. you know, you wouldn't have really, you know, so there's still a lot of talk. And yeah. then all of a sudden, first week of June... There, there it went. Well, if you, if you want to look at it, one of the ways we looked at this was we plotted the record high temperatures. Okay. When, when did we set some of those records that we just talked about? And if you take and look at the first six months of the year, 
there was one. And it was actually set in February. Oh, interesting. Oddly enough. There was 77 degrees one day in in February. But ironically, February was the only month that came in cooler than normal when you averaged the whole month. We didn't see another record high temperature set until we got halfway through the year, starting early in July. We set 34 of those. So one in the first half of the year, 34 more the second half of the year. That's when El Nino kicked in. Right. So common sense says it had some type of an impact. And and what's interesting about that, and it's so nice when when you know you've got these theories uh-huh. and they actually line up. So so the front half of that theory was before we'd gone into the summer, you know, well, had La Nina mm-hmm. been keeping us a little bit cooler? You know, why weren't we going up? Because they've got a projected average of, you know, how quickly we could rise or mm-hmm. you know, potentially and there's several projected averages anyway. And they were saying, well, maybe we we didn't hit some of those benchmarks years prior, you know, last couple of years because of La Nina, mm-hmm. the big open expansive surface ocean in the equatorial Pacific kind of cooling us down a little bit. Yeah. And so when we took that out of the picture, that kind of did go to that theory. Well, maybe that was uh-huh. because here we go with the opposite. Well, it's, it's, it's the idea of it. We've got a lot more surface area, this globe with water on it and the global oceans than we do land masses there. And when you do three years in a row where those ocean waters are cooler than normal, it's going to have an impact. And then all of a sudden you turn the thermostat up and, and you warm it up. Well, all of a sudden you lost your air conditioner of sorts there. But it wasn't just El Nino by itself because when we talk El Nino, obviously we're talking about a certain segment of one ocean, the Pacific Ocean. Right, right. Well, if you look at 2023 as we got deeper into the year, global oceans area-wide, you take the first 2,000 meters. That's pretty deep. Mm-hmm. I don't swim that deep. Right. First 2,000 meters from the top of the ocean down and average it out across the entire globe. Global oceans were hotter than they've ever been. So the thing that's normally out there to kind of offset what tends to be unusual heat didn't help us out this year. Not at all. And, you know, it's funny you mentioned that. And I know it's a – the Gulf is a shallow, shallower body of water. But Mm -hmm. – and I think the readings were taken even shallower. But I think it was July they were coming out with some – Triple-digit readings around mm-hmm. the keys, and, and that was just <laughs> yeah. Those, that was just incredible. those land masses are not supposed to get that warm. That's why we go to the coast in the summertime cool to cool off. off. Yeah. yeah, and it just didn't happen. I can't even imagine what that would what that would feel like going down to the beach. There would be no relief. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you have all the humidity to go with oh, it. Gosh, unbearable. So, so here in the borderland, we saw you, you mentioned the records that we saw. So, I want to go over some of these records just so people have this information. Mm-hmm. I mean, July. We had records of 107 to 109 degrees. Four days. Four days. Mm -hmm. And with the max July record of 111 degrees, August records of 107 to 109 with the max of 112, which was also that 112 in August was the hottest for that month. So it Mm -hmm. set an August record high for the month. And the the reason being, just to dive into this really quickly, you know, it's been... this past summer was very scattered, uh, very lackluster monsoon, mm-hmm. right? And, and 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 this is what we're, you know, and I hope this is not the case. I hope this was kind of a one-off, not necessarily a one-off, but maybe on the on the more rare occurrences. The monsoon, I, I, I hate to see it break up and not be there for us mm-hmm. in August and September, mm-hmm. because really that's what sends the the averages down. That's right. And 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 if you don't have, if it's not raining in August. Well, we're going to be hot, just like other parts of the country that don't see a lot of rain in August. And 
And that literally is our stopgap. And and we just didn't have that. And so records were just soaring way above average, right. way above average. As, as you know, as you get to the end of August, I want to say the averages start to get back into the upper 80s to lower 90s. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I mean, the records were just... It was incredible. Yeah, it makes sense, though. You know, I, I grew up and I started my meteorology degree east of the Mississippi River where the monsoon was not necessarily in play. We always had moisture in place yeah. out that way. So you would typically see your hottest summer temperatures in August because even though the sun was providing its highest energy output in June, it was warming the land. And it's almost the longer you leave the food on the stove, the hotter it's going to get and eventually going to burn it, right? So you would get this collective heat gathering on through the end of the summer and you'd have your hottest days in August. A little bit of a lag. Yeah, we would call those the dog days of summer in that part of the country. But once I got out here in the southwestern United States where we had the modifying effects of the monsoon, meteorologically, we always say that dry air is going to get hotter than moist air is going to. And we're still nice and dry coming out of our spring into June. June historically is always our hottest year. Uh, hottest time of the year. And then once you get into July, especially mid-July, whenever the moisture sets in and in August when the rains come our way, we drop the temperature a good average of 10 degrees or so out there. And this year, we didn't drop it 10 degrees. We played East Coast type weather and kept rising the number. That's that's a good way to put it. We Mm -hmm. literally did because even living in North Texas, Mm -hmm. you know, it was always August. We dreaded August. Yeah. You know, in Dallas, Fort Worth, you was just, you knew it was going to be hot. And here it was kind of funny. You know, you tell me, oh, you know, how's it out there? Well, you know, it was 87 today and it was a thunderstorm. <laughs> what? You yeah. Know, they, they'd be surprised. But, but here I always remember, I was thinking when I got here, if you can survive June, generally you're doing all right. That just wasn't the case last year. And then we'll get to the rainfall aspects of that in just a second. So as we go to September, we saw records of 98 degrees to 105 degrees. And again, this, the, the numbers start to go down because the nights start to get a little bit longer, sunning mm-hmm. a little bit lower. Um, the hottest being 106. And that was also an all-time record for the month of September. So uh, that was pretty incredible. October. October. And October's can be warm here because we start to get the dry air back. I mean, we've mm-hmm. all felt that, you know, you can, especially in the afternoons. Uh, but we saw records of 90 to 92, uh, three days of record highs in October. And then November, we saw, and October wasn't that crazy, just three days of record highs. November, records of 83 to 85. This is November, keep in mind, with the highest being 87. And I remember that day, and that tied an all-time record for the month of November at 87. And then December, we finally started to see the high-pressure go away. You know, the, the, the pattern really start to break, and we had one day with a record of 74. And if you're going to set a record high, I'd rather do it. As we go into winter, that's right. In the middle of Absolutely, <laughs> but but if if your memory serves you correctly, even through the first couple of weeks of December, you could go around town and folks were still wearing shorts. Yeah. In, in many places, a little cool in the morning, but but yeah, warm yeah. in the afternoon. It was about the middle of December when we finally started seeing anything that resembled winter, and it actually it resembled fall more than it did winter. Right. Right. Yeah. It was. It was literally the summer just just ran on. I, I think really. I mean, the area of high pressure kept building back and building back, and it would wobble off, and it would wobble right back. Uh, so that not only squelched the uh, the monsoon as far as the, the flow and the pattern goes, but it also drove those heights up, and that just makes it easier to heat up the atmosphere mm-hmm. with the same amount of sunshine. I really, when, when you look at the way things went, when you look at this, all those records broken, 
I mean, you know, October was was one of the less worst months, if you will. But when you're looking at July, August, September, November, December, it's it's almost funny to say this, but really the thing that that gave us heat relief was longer nights mm -hmm. and shorter days. That's what it was. A little less sunshine. <laughs> to come our way. And of course, we are the Sun City, so we, we still had no lack of that to have to deal with. You know, another thing, when we talk about these records, we talked about them locally there. There was one thing that I noted. I mentioned the fact that we take these readings all over the globe. Yeah. Uh, Europe and Asia, of course, they kind of make one landmass. Yeah, Eurasia. And in 2023, it was their second warmest ever in history year. Oh, really? But you go down into Africa, head southwest, yeah. hottest ever on record for the continent of Africa, South America, hottest ever on record. Oh, okay. North America, hottest ever on record. So we were hotter in El Paso than ever. We were hotter in the state of Texas. We were hotter in the United States than ever mm -hmm. and hotter on our continent than ever, as well as globally. So if, if you want, you've got the numbers there. We put yeah. them all out. Yeah. We, we could go on for four or five episodes and, talking about all the records that were broken. You know, and, and in fact, it keeps coming into my mind. I'm actually going to we're going to put up the, there's one slide that's incredible it's it's a global slide mm -hmm. and it shows you the areas that were above average versus at or below average and and so you can get a picture of africa europe eurasia mm -hmm. south america too <laughs> uh so yeah we're going we're going to put that up so you can literally just just get that visual of what what the world dealt with mm -hmm. this last summer so as far as where these months landed you know as jason said we went into the year Fairly benign, mm -hmm. you know, but it was it was the second half of the year. So ranking these months, you know, and how far back does our data go? Oh, I here call, in El Paso, yeah. we go back to the 1880s. 1880s. Okay. So just, just keep that in mind. Okay. 1880s. That's a long time. <laughs> yeah. So warmest July that we've ever had. Mm -hmm. August came in third warmest that we've ever had. Warmest September first that we've ever had. Second warmest October that we've ever had. November was the fourth warmest on record. And December, still a top 10, a seventh, the seventh warmest December on record. I mean, that 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 is another way mm -hmm. to sum it up. You know, if you don't want to go day by day, um, that, that really gives you just a monthly breakdown alone. Uh, just incredible. So the yearly record for 2023, the average temp uh, highs and lows, 88.3. And the previous record was 87.7 in 1994. So here we go. I mean, beating that, that, that hot summer of 1994, uh, just, just, that's pretty incredible too. And, and that, that is one thing, uh, one of our anchors, John Purvis, he remembers yeah, that yeah. summer well, um, talks a lot about it and a lot, everybody does, you know, I mean, if, if you've been in El Paso long enough, that's the comparative summer. Mm -hmm. And so to find out where we landed, now here's what's interesting on that, because there are different metrics and, and, and there are different statistics to look at, right? Mm -hmm. So the 1994 is when we set the hottest temperature ever, 114. Mm -hmm. Now we didn't do that. We didn't break our all time record high, daily high ever, but by every other metric, we we, mm -hmm. we beat it out. And, and so when you factor in the warm overnight lows, the 112 that we did hit, it, it more than makes up for and, and kicks us up. Uh, a good bit there uh, compared to 94. So 88, 83.3 yeah. versus 87.7. I mean, almost a full degree. <laughs> yeah. 
That's, and so, so that's pretty high. And I, I remember the, the 112 day, by the way, uh, I was, I was up by on airway and I remember I got out of the car and I, I was like, I got to check what the temperature is because <laughs> it just felt brutal. Right. No air movement whatsoever. And, and yeah, it was just, it was, it was, it was incredible. So, so we did end up for those that were, you know, in their mm -hmm. head, how do we do to 1994? Well, there's your answer. Well, uh, here's the way I like to talk to people about it. So think about your paycheck, what you bring home. Yeah. So you get a bonus one month. You got all this money. Right. Uh, but then the rest of the months, well, it's just what I usually got. Right, right. Whereas you can give me a nice raise and give me a little bit more every month for the whole year. And guess which year I'm going to be happier, you right. know? Uh, I'm not saying that all this heat made me happy. Right. Don't get me wrong. And There's not a direct it. relationship. <laughs> and increasing it down the road is not going to make you happier. Right? No, and, and it looks like that's going to be something we'll have to deal with. And I'm we'll, sure we'll talk about yeah, it. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to that because um, uh, so I, I come up with the idea of, of kind of breaking this out just just to, to give everyone the information and you had kind of suggested too well let's talk about some of the the the, the world's um, consensus on it as well mm -hmm. so we're, we're gonna we're gonna get into that in just a little bit and then also where we're going um, really quickly though before we, we get into that area how did we do as far as rainfall because I want to obviously the lack of rainfall did contribute mm -hmm. to but but just just so people know let's let's get that on record as well uh, the official numbers came in under five inches. It, it was four point something, 4.34 inches, I believe. And that turns out, keep in mind, we've kept data since the 1880s. So that's uh, 140 years or so that we've been keeping data, maybe pushing 150. It was the ninth driest year that we've ever had. And most of that was contributed to during the summer months because we get a good 60, 70% of our moisture in the summer months, and it just didn't happen this year. And yeah, and the average 8.73, so we got like 50%. I mm -hmm. think it was around 50% of average. So yeah, so basically coming in ninth driest. So yes, if you thought we were dry, we were unusually dry. Now you know just how dry uh, we, we actually were. So now I want to get into some folklore here. Because okay. people ask me this all the time, and I'm sure there's there's stuff that you have to that you're asked as well that you have to come up with answers. Mm -hmm. But you know, they they ask me a lot. One of the most common is, you know, well, you know, we had a really hot summer. Does that mean you know we're we should, so we're going to be blessed with a mild winter, right? Mm -hmm. I wish, mm -hmm. I wish weather worked like that. And and it does happen from time <laughs> it, it to can, time, but it it, it's truly a toss up. Uh, all the scientific research that's been done looking at it, there is absolutely no correlation. If anything, one of the research papers that Extreme I read, yeah, one of the research papers I read kind of talking on this said, if anything, it might actually kind of lend to the other direction mm -hmm. where really hot summers can mean cooler than normal winters mm -hmm. because you get stuck in these patterns and you used the word a little while ago. I know we don't have a lot of meteorologists out there listening to us, but you mentioned the big dome of high pressure. Mm -hmm. Well, that keeps skies clear that makes it sunny and hot in the day but in the winter time it lets the heat escape and we have longer nights more time for the heat to go away again it's just an idea but the truth of the matter is it's a toss-up it is yeah yeah and and like i said i wish you know because if, if you knew you know kind of going through suffering through this you were going to be you know kind of lent a, a you know an easier dealt an easier hand when it came to the next winter or summer that would be that would be wonderful so um Okay, so we're talking about, too, the WMO Secretary General. This is where I want to touch on some of the world stuff. Um, she was saying the shift from cooling 
A cooling La Nina to warming El Nino by the middle of 2023 is clearly reflected in the rise in temperature from last year, given that El Nino usually has the biggest impact on global temperatures after it peaks. 2024 could be even hotter. So let's let's just touch on just kind of okay. what she said. I think El Nino is peaking about now, if not starting to yeah, tail off. It right? actually peaked, peaked about two and a half weeks ago. Two and a half yeah. weeks ago. Okay. Okay. So it's so so, and is that is that kind of what we've seen here, like mm-hmm. kind of post El Ninos, or, or do we not have enough data in with the warming kind of on top of? No, there's plenty of data out there okay. now. The data may not be reflected specifically for El Paso County, El Paso City of Tech in okay. Texas here, but on a global pattern because. El Nino has a global influence yeah. on everything. Uh, it is it is almost nine out of ten that the year after you have the peak. So usually it peaks in the winter. Okay. So we have our winter that following summer or that following year in general tends to be warmer than the year when the El Nino was growing. So we saw, you said that the Secretary General said that this year we saw the numbers right. reflected. And given the fact that the year after can be hotter, and this is a scary thought. I know because this is scary. It is. But but the the figures that are being thrown out officially at yeah. people way above my pay grade are that we have a one in three chance globally that 2024 will be hotter than 2023, even with El Nino starting to fade. And that that to me is super interesting because now here we are, kind of in the you know looking ahead in time into that mm-hmm. crystal ball, right? So I was talking about earlier how going into this summer, you know, scientists were unsure. You know, mm-hmm. it would likely, this kind of lends itself to a hot, hotter summer, and it did, right? So we went to the first half of the year, mm-hmm. as we said, cool, and then we flipped it for the second half of the year. And so now, if this kind of theory theorization is correct, then we could be, I mean, I, I could see it happening, Mm-hmm. Now, there, of course, there are other things that could come into play that may, to maybe save right. us, but it would be really interesting to be like sitting here with you by this time next year and saying, yep, you know, we flipped it second half of 2023. It held true. It End kicked up 20- numbers a little more 2024. So, I mean, that that would just be that'd be just, just amazing. Yeah. I, and I, I don't know how much we can handle of this, you yeah, know, on a right. global, on a global thing. Again, our records, the last 10 years, most of our hottest years have happened in the last 10 years in El Paso. We had the 94s. We had the outliers outside of 10 years, right. the last 10 years, but on a global average, the hottest 10 years in recorded history have been the last 10 years. That, that's just 10 out of 10. I mean, yeah, that's, not even scattered. I'm about. going to Vegas with those odds. Yeah, exactly. No <laughs> kidding. So, so, and and this is where I want to get you know because I know you 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 see stuff that, like you said, there is some higher ups and above our pay grade and all that. <laughs> you know where where do they think we're going globally as far as the temperatures and how fast? Uh, well, the best way to look at that is just to kind of put the numbers in perspective. And and if you look at the charts, since the Industrial Revolution, we've been going up and up and up and up. And then in the last 15 to 20 years, it's been incrementally, al- almost logarithmically. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I so don't have... So 10 years from now... 10 years from now, we could probably be another one to two degrees warmer wow. globally than we are right now. Wow. So then we could be, God, this is, it's, it's, you know, it's almost like you don't want to, it's almost literally we're to the point where you don't want to think about two summers from now. Yeah, it really I is. mean, you know, our record's 114. We could do a 117. Yeah, we could. 
We I mean, could, we're quickly trying to become the new Phoenix of the Southwest here amazing. in El Paso. <laughs> that's just amazing. And uh, okay, so, and also I, I want to talk about this too. See, this is something that you touched on earlier, just really quickly. Earth's average land and ocean surface temperature in 2023 mm -hmm. was 2.12 degrees above the 20th century. The highest global temperature among all years in NOAA's 1850 to 2023 climate record. Uh, that also beats the warmest year, 2016, by a record-setting margin of 0.27 degrees. So, so basically, they're saying the land and ocean mm -hmm. both warming. Yeah, and and that was one of the things that I've heard kind of bandied about was that maybe the oceans were helping us a little bit more than we gave them credit for. Oh, they were. Or, yeah. They they were now uh, as they, with they can only absorb so much heat. That's that's exactly right. They can only take so much heat because one of the one of the great things about the oceans is the fact that they are fluid. So it's going to try to take some of that heat and Mix disperse it down. it down to the bottom and bring some of that cooler up. But the problem is that can only happen through a certain depth. And earlier I mentioned something about the heat content of the first two thousand meters. Mm -hmm. That's about all we can really count exactly. on for helping us. So basically, even though we were getting hotter at the top, we still had the reserves of the cooler underneath, mm -hmm. and now those reserves are being deplenished pretty rapidly. Wow, interesting, interesting. All right, well, where can people go to find out information about heat safety and how to stay safe? Well, obviously, uh, you can you can check all sorts of locations, but since we're talking so much about climate and the impacts that, that we've seen with changing climate, uh, not only locally but globally, uh, climate.gov, that, that's our number one source. That's the source that I go to to find my information whenever you invite me to come on here. Climate.gov, it, it's run by NOAA, and it's all about climate. Of course, we also have uh, the National Weather Service. El Paso. Which is NOAA.gov, and you can always find us at, at, at weather.gov. Please don't turn us into a commercial outlet. I won't even tell you where that takes you. You'll figure <laughs> it out on your So it's weather.gov. That'll, that'll help you find us locally. Right. And uh, a lot of data out there, as you say, we continue to put it all together and share it with you guys in the media because if it were not for you being our mouthpiece, folks would not be aware. Everybody said, boy, it was hot. But now you've helped put it in perspective today, Brad. Thank you. Just how hot. And thank you guys for putting that together and putting it out. It's just amazing to go through. And I'm glad you guys do what you do. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Jason. You bet. If you enjoyed this conversation, make sure to comment, subscribe, and share it with your friends. You can check out our past archive of episodes on kfoxtv.com or listen on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much for breaking it down with me. And we'll see you next time here on The Breakdown.